Go ahead and be seated. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. Hello, Dr. Terry and Renee. We're glad that you've joined us on live stream this morning. Praise God. Did you see the beautiful bouquet that they sent that was out there on the table in the foyer? Thank you for your kind words. Thank you for your kindness and your thoughtfulness. And, uh, you know, they, we've been apart together with their ministry for a number of years. Um, Dennis Burke sent his greetings for this great day that we're celebrating. So praise the Lord. And we're also honored to have our great ministry friends from Miami with us, Drs. Dan and Eve Gualtieri. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we even have some New Life family members that have traveled back from Tennessee to come and be a part of these meetings. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God is so good. It's a great day because it's great to be free. You know, over in Psalm 126, I want to read this to you. Psalm 126 and verses 1 through 3. And uh, God is just so good. It says, Then our mouth was filled with laughter, and our tongue with joyful shouting. Then they said among the nations, The Lord has done great things for them. Hallelujah. Verse 3 says, the Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Yes. Hallelujah. That's what it says on the banner behind me. He has done great things, and we are glad. Our mouth is filled with joyful shouting. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. You know, if you don't like yelling in church, I don't know what you're going to do when you get to the throne. Because it's loud. Every time you hear about stuff around the throne, it says there's a loud noise. And we'll probably have better ears. We could stand it. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, you are sitting, this building, you're sitting in an ongoing miracle. Isn't that right? Amen. We actually started New Life back in 1990. And uh, we were renting a building that we took over from another church. And the rent had gotten very astronomical over there. And we were very totally limited on our funds. The church that we took over from, that church had gotten into a lot of trouble. And it was going around the neighborhood that we were the same church that that was. And therefore, they were telling people, don't come to that church. So uh, there were some things we had to deal with when we started the church. Finances were very tight. Uh, some folks that was in that church came over to our church. Then there was a lot of others that had left. And back in those days, I was still working in the auto repair business because uh, the church couldn't afford a salary. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was making tents. And one day, as we were actually believing God for a pastor to come in, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, you will pastor the church. And I told the Lord, well, you're going to have to convince my wife of that. That's exactly what I said. You're going to have to convince my wife because if we're not in agreement, we're just not doing anything. You know it's not going to work if we're not in agreement. So then about five minutes later, she comes out of the office area. We're ready to go into service. And she says, you know we're supposed to pastor the church. 
I'm like, you know, that's just too fast. I would have liked to mold over this for a while. So we said, okay. And the Lord had said to me back then, this was back in 1990, he said, I still want a place for my presence in this community. Amen. And then we started uh, New Life. So I want to show you a couple of pictures. Let's uh, show the first picture of uh, when we first started. There it is. <laughs> Who are those people? <laughs> It was an unlikely calling. Some guy from Brooklyn and a woman from Bangkok <laughs> starting a church. But it was a place for his presence. That's what he said. Look at the next uh, slide, the second slide. And this is the building that we were renting at the time. Who has despised the day of small things? And we had a little sign up front, up top, and it had the rainbow with seven colors, not six. <laughs> so um, that was our start, and, and uh, that was the beginning of New Life back in 1990. And after a, a few years, we, uh, we were actually starting to look for property because the rent there was getting so high and hard to manage um, you know, it's like an earthquake. Whenever there's earthquakes, you have the main earthquake and then you have aftershocks. Well, that's what happens in churches when there was issues and problems. There was earthquake, but then there's aftershocks. So there was aftershocks that was going through the people that had come out from the other church. So they were leaving because of the other church and, and a few other issues and stuff. So things were getting real tight. And uh, the ability to be able to pay the rent was really diminishing quickly. So we started looking for a building. And I didn't want to be in Punta Gorda because that was in Punta Gorda. I wanted to be in Port Charlotte. But I quickly realized that as a realtor was showing me property, I told him where I wanted to be. And he showed me the property and told me what that property cost in that area. And I'll be honest with you, I did not have faith for that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, gee, I don't know what we're going to do. So then he calls me up one day and he says, I've got some property in Punta Gorda. He says, I know you don't want to be in Punta Gorda, but would you come and look at it? It's on six and a half acres. And it's just right now, it's just a metal shell of a building. So I've known him for a while and he was trying to be helpful to me. So to be helpful and kind to him, I said, OK, I'll go to Punta Gorda and I'll look at the building. And he brings me to this building. It was just a metal shell of a building sitting on a concrete slab on a big dirt lot filled with weeds, six and a half acres. And the moment I walked into the front door of the building, the anointing of God dropped. And I just knew by the Holy Spirit that this was the place for new life. Amen. That was in 1993. And the people that were selling it, it was a 10,000-square-foot building, this, this one-story side, 10,000-square-foot building with six and a half acres, and they were selling it for $150,000. So I offered them 130000 and I said, we'll give you a $20,000 down payment over the next year because we don't have 20000 We didn't have 10000 We didn't have 5000 we didn't have $500. We had no dollars, nothing. 
So I said, we'll offer you 130000 and we'll offer to pay you a down payment of $20,000 over the next year, so it would be 5000 every quarter. And the realtor looks at me and goes, they'll never take this. This is ridiculous. I said, well, just make the offer, see what they say. Well, to his surprise, he came back and said, they took the offer. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, well, great. This is wonderful. They took the offer. <laughs> There's only one issue. <laughs> we don't have any money. <laughs> so I have three months now to come up with $5,000, because that's when the first payment's going to be due on the down payment. And um, guess what that created? Need. Once they said, okay, it created a need, which most people are afraid of. I don't know why you're so afraid of needs when outside the other side of your mouth you said, God supplies all my needs. So either he does or he doesn't. So that created a need. I was like, okay, we need $5,000 within the next three months. And we started believing God for that. And uh, we started sowing into what was needed. You know, it's amazing how you can give away money and it just grows. Amen. And then the seller wanted us to have insurance for theft. Theft? What are they going to do? Walk away with a metal building? What was there to steal? There was nothing to steal. But they wanted us to have insurance. And then they wanted us to have insurance for fire. Fire? It's a metal building on a concrete slab. There's nothing here. But they insisted that we have insurance for fire and theft. And of course, the insurance company now, they said, the building's empty. So therefore, nobody's there to protect it. So now the insurance premiums are astronomical. And again, my question was, what's going to burn and what are they going to steal that you need somebody here to protect it? Well, that created another need, okay? So we're sowing into believing God for what we needed to uh, uh, come up with. We started a building fund, and the first thing I did as money started coming in towards the building fund, the first thing I did was ask the congregation, is it okay if we tithe off of this money? You say, well, why would you ask that? Well, because it's your money. See, because... Let's say Bill puts $500 into the building fund, and I sow $50 as a tithe. That leaves $450 that he gave. If he wants his money back, what's he getting back? $450. So if the congregation said, no, we don't want you to tithe, I would say, well, here's your money back. Because we're not going to receive any money that we don't tithe off of. So the congregation, as spiritual as they were, said, yes, go ahead and tithe off of the building fund money. So we did. And that was in 1993. And every quarter, we came up with $5,000 to make the down payment. Glory to God. And in the meantime, the, the rent in the building that we were in, that building, that's an old A&P building. It used to be an A&P down on the corner of Taylor and 41. And that's what we were in. And now it's some kind of a marine thing. They tore that whole thing down. In fact, there was another building we were in, and they tore that one down too. <laughs> They're not tearing this one down. 
So the, the rent had gotten so bad there, we were praying about what to do. And uh, the Lord told us, right down the street from you, there's a Seventh-day Adventist church. They use the church on, on Saturday and on Wednesday. Ask them if you can rent it to have services on Sunday and Thursday. So we did. We went down, Pastor Ellen and I, we went down. We talked to the pastor down there and all. And um, he said, yeah, that'll work. And they gave us a price for rent, and it was fair. And uh, we started using the Seventh-day Adventist Church, which I believe is the next slide. There it is, the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And we used that for five years. So when we were in the A&P building, we would believe in God every month to make that rent. But it got very astronomical, and uh, it became time to where we needed to move. So we did move, and since we were renting the Seventh-day Adventist church, we had no more office. Yeah, all the office, everything was shut down. So we moved that into our house in the middle of renovations at the house. And we moved in there, and we uh, you know, brought in all of the uh, office equipment, the desk. Uh, we brought the phone system. We had the phone guy come and roll over the phones over there and, and all that other stuff. And uh, we used our house as the, um, as the office areas. We came, had regular office hours. Pastor U. Ellen would drive to the house every day, regular office hours. And uh, <clears throat> then we also had Tuesday morning prayer meeting and worship at the house. We had fellowships at the house, Christmas fellowships, Thanksgiving fellowships, you know, uh, all kinds of different groups and we would take our furniture and carry it into the garage and stack it in the garage, park the car outside, stack all the furniture in the garage, set up tables and chairs in the house so we could have fellowship in the house. And it made room for everybody in the house. And then when everybody left, we'd take down the chairs and the tables and everything and bring them into the garage and bring our furniture back into the house. Five years. <laughs> Amen. Rented the Seventh-day Adventist Church for five years. Now, when we left the building, the other building, and came to the Seventh-day Adventist Church, in my thinking, six months. Six months, that building will be ready and we'll be moving in. <laughs> There's a way that seems right to a man. But it was not working. That, that was my idea, and it was not, not working. The problem was I told the whole church, you know, six months we'll be out of here. <laughs> so every Saturday night, Pastor Morgan and I would drive to the Seventh-day Adventist church. Sometimes Brian would go. And we would sit in the parking lot and wait for them to get done with their Saturday night service. I mean, sometimes they went a little long. And we're sitting out in the parking lot just waiting. And as soon as they got done, they came out of the service and they all drove off. We went into the church. We got out all of our equipment and set it up for Sunday morning service. Sunday morning service was over. We'd take everything down and stack it and put it away. Wednesday, we'd all come in early. We'd get all the equipment out and we'd do Wednesday night service. And then we'd take everything down and put it all away after service. Five years. Five. <laughs> so during those five years, we were actually trying to obtain funds. You know, we went to different banks, and the banks wouldn't give us money. In fact, they wouldn't even give us the time of day. They weren't giving us nothing. We had banks tell us, if we give you money, will you quit giving money away? We said, no. That's what we do. We give money away. 
And so they would not give us any money. So then, um, you know, I'm not going to say I'm not going to fall into the, yeah, we'll stop giving money away so we can get your money. No, 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 no. You don't want to go along with the plan of God. Fine. Take a walk. We will go a different direction. So then we heard from somebody and we were going off to a meeting up in Orlando when we stopped to see somebody. They, they uh, used to come to church and they had moved to uh, the Orlando area. So they asked us to stop in and see them. And it was us and Pastor Morgan and you, Alan. And we stopped in to see them. And we told them what was going on with the building. And they said, well, I know somebody that can really get a hold of um, personal funds, private money, that could really help you out in this area. I'm like, great. So, you know, we got the information, we went and saw the person, and um, <clears throat> they said, yeah, yeah, we can uh, work on this and see what we can do. Well, we tried for two years to get private funding, and nothing worked. At this point, I was ready to take some laundry money. <laughs> That's a joke. So nothing seemed to be working. Banks weren't working. Private money wasn't working, okay? So by the time 1996 came along, and we're still trying to work on getting in the building, I got really close to being totally hopeless. I got to the point to where hearing people over and over and over say, we'll never get in the building. You're never going to get in there. This is never going to work out. And um, I started thinking, I'm going to have to return everybody's money to them uh, but then what about the building? What am I supposed to do? You walked in the door. The anointing of God was there. What are we going to do here? This is not working. So I kept saying, what do I do here? And I got before the Lord. It's a good idea. I got before the Lord. And he gave me a verse in Psalm 61 in verse 2. I, if we can put that up. I, I got him really working hard back in the media room this morning. It says, from the end of the earth, I call to you when my heart is faint. Well, my heart was faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And I came to the realization, Jesus is the rock. He's higher than I am. He knows what to do. I am just stuck in myself not knowing what to do. So that's why I was getting close to being hopeless. And I actually saw myself on the rock and saw things being lifted up and said, Jesus, you are the answer, not myself. You have a plan, so show me what your plan is. And actually hope then came alive on the inside of me. And he gave me a plan, and he told me to put it before the church. And this is the plan right here. So let me show you, this is the plan. Who wouldn't want to give in to that? <laughs> so he said, get a whole diagram. This, this is actually the diagram of the church. And he said, break it down into 10 square foot. And then for every 100 square foot that you receive income for, color it in. And he said, put it before the church. And we did. We put it up before the church every day in the Seventh-day Adventist church. Every meeting, this was on the platform. And we would always talk about we've got this much and we've got this much. And we'd talk it and we'd break it down to so much a square foot. And for so much a square foot, that's all it is to give in to the building fund to see this come to pass. Uh, at this point, 
we stopped with the coloring and we just started Xing it in. And then it was like there was just too much. A lot was coming in and we just couldn't keep up with it besides being busy with everything. But we always put it out there and said, this is what we're working on. And uh, because, you know, the word of God says, make the vision plain that the, those that read it may run with it. Isn't that right? Amen. So funding started to come in for the building. And I, I still laugh at that, you know, to, back in that day, back in 1996, this is like, whoa, this is the plan, you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> it doesn't meet the technological standards of today. <laughs> but it did work because it was a plan of God. And that's what counts. So we started working on the building, this side of the building, the one story side. And we started paying cash as we went along. And uh, we came across a lot of cost-saving deals. We came across people that wanted to work with us, people that was helpful to us. For instance, we had to haul in a bunch of dirt for the property, and the dirt pit was like right down the road here. So the guy that was driving the dump truck to bring the dirt over, uh, apparently there's a different cost for hauling dirt if you're on the main road or if you're on the back road. What do I know? So he says... I won't go on the main road. I'll come on the back road, and that'll save you money. Wow. I know Pastor Morgan knows about this. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, you know, so it was just people being helpful and ways to avoid extra cost. Uh, but things were still tough because the county was not very cooperative. Surprise, surprise. And then the funding actually started slowing down at a point, and people started leaving the church. They said, you'll never get in the building. Well, they didn't leave asking for their money back. They just left, and they just said, you'll never get into that building, okay? And it's not good when people are leaving and you're trying to get into a building. So 1997, Dennis Burke came and did a service. I had known Dennis since 1982, and the last time we actually got together with Dennis was 1988. And I actually wanted him to come in to do some services and some meetings. I don't think I knew Terry back then at that, at that time. I mean, I was acquainted with him, but I didn't know him. And so he came in in 1997 because, you know, we're renting a Seventh-day Adventist church. There's no place to bring a speaker. You know, you're going to bring somebody in, and there's no place, no accommodations for them. So I was kind of like, I don't want to bring anybody in because there's no accommodations. We can't take care of anybody or, or nothing, you know. And then 1997, the beginning of 97, I'm like, you know, I'm done waiting. Waiting. We're going to start moving and start bringing in. And Dennis was the one that I had the, the uh, acquaintance with at the time. So Dennis came in, and I talked to him about the building. And one afternoon, we drove out here, and we stood in the sandy lot out front. And he bent down and picked up some sand, and he threw it into the air. And he said, as the wind blows the sand, so I call in the funding and the people from the north, the south, the east, and the west to complete this project. Amen. God raised up people in the church, and people actually... Through their business, God raised them up as millionaires. 
They weren't millionaires at the time, but they became millionaires. Whether it was in assets and liquid and things like that, they became millionaires. And uh, he started blessing other people and their businesses and people and funds and their funds started coming in as was needed. Amen. And it was all for the building of the church. Now, if you look over in Haggai chapter one, Haggai chapter one, verses two through five, and it says, thus says the Lord of hosts, this people says the time has not come, even the time for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai, the prophet saying. Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses while this house lies desolate? Now, therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Well, considering the ways of the people, their ways were right. Because everything that, that was coming into their hand was for the benefit of building God's house. Amen. And that was such a blessing. And therefore, God could continue to bless there was a couple in the church, and before we had chairs, we used to have pews in here, about 20 pews to sit, 20, I think it was 20 pews, could sit 200 to 250 people. And they said, we want to purchase all of the pews. We said, great. They didn't have any money. <laughs> that seems to be a common thread. Because <laughs> it don't take money, it takes God. God will bring the money. So they didn't have any money. So what did they start doing? They started sowing money that they had. They started giving to other churches, other churches that needed. They said, we need to find other churches that need chairs or other churches that need pews, and we want to start sowing seed into what they're doing. And they did. And then when the time came for the down payment for the pews, they had the money. And they paid the money, made the down payment, and then sometime later, all the pews was delivered. Uh, as once we got, got them unstuck from the sand out here, we got the pews into the building. <laughs> and then when they delivered the pews, they set them all up, and the balance was due. And at that time, they had the funds in their hand to pay the balance. Why? Faith, sowing, reaping, obeying the leading of the Holy Spirit. Sowing, let me say it again, faith, sowing, reaping, and obeying the leading of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So getting into this one side, this side, the one-story side of the building, 80% of the project was paid in cash. Hallelujah. Well, as we got to the end of the project, when you get to the end of a building project, a lot of money is needed like right now for everything, you know, final bills come in and everything. Well, you know, you can't make people wait until you get your faith to the level to make the payments. You know, you need to know where you're at and then be honest about it. So we were honest about it. We were not at that point to where we could say, just bring all the bills in and we'll pay it. Well, it wasn't at that point to be able to believe God for that. We could do it along the way, but all at once like that, we just couldn't do it. So you need to know where you're at. That doesn't mean you stay there. Well, this is where I'm at and I'm not moving. No, no, no. You need to know where you're at so you can move on from there. Amen. So we went and we gave the seller the balance of money that was due to them, and there was about 70000 left over for material and labor 
that was still due on the building. So we took out a loan for about $180,000 for everything that we have on this side of the building. And by the grace of God, we never missed a payment. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. So in 1999, we got in to this side of the building, the one-story side of the building, and most of it was complete. So I've got some pictures I want to show you. If we can go to the, the fourth uh, slide of the pictures, and you'll see what it looked like. Uh, there we go. All right. That's when we entered into Vermont Road facility. There we go. That was the first service that we ever had, and you can see that we're missing a few of the ceiling tiles, you know, and you can see there's no pulpit. We just brought up some kind of table up there, and me and my wife doing the service, and then the next slide, um, what is the next slide? There it is. So we, the later on, we added a little foyer up at the front, Okay, there was no available pictures of the Porter Johns that we had to use <laughs> when we moved in. <laughs> in fact, that foyer <coughs> wasn't even there when we moved in. There was just a little metal overhang is all that we had out front. We had Porter Johns right outside the front door because that was the only concrete that we had that they could sit on. So they were right outside, you didn't, you know, outside the front door. We had no foyer. There was no city water. We were on well water at the time, and uh, that was not yet approved. They did not approve the well water, so we couldn't use the bathrooms. They weren't allowed to wash your hands. You couldn't use uh, water fountains, nothing, which I don't know if they think you're going to wash your hands in the toilet. I don't know what they're thinking that you can't use toilets. I mean, you couldn't do none of that. I mean, I just don't, I don't understand it, but I'm not in that business. So... We couldn't use any of that, so we had to have Porter Johns out front. We had bottled water in, the, in here, and we weren't even allowed to. They would not give us an occupation for the, an ocu what do they call it? What is it? Occupation license. So they wouldn't allow us to come in and occupy the building. So we had to come in as a work day. So that's why in that previous picture, you see how everybody's dressed. Because we came in for a work day, but we were having a service first. And then we were having lunch, and then we were having a work day. So it was a work day. So that's what we did to be able to get into the building. Amen. Our nursery, don't we have a beautiful nursery? Well, back then it was only half the size of what it is, and the other half was the kitchen. We had no outside nursery area. The bookstore that we have, it was only half of what you see now because the other half was the business office. My office is now what's the media room. Pastor Nid's office is what's the little storage room. And the prayer room back here used to be the library. We had no stucco outside. We had no paint. It was a metal building. But you know what? We could walk around and say, look what the Lord has done. We were not worried about all of that other stuff. It was having a building, being able to meet, Come to a place to worship God, hear his word being taught, and to give him honor and glory. So that was in 1999 that we came in the building. And then in 2000, and let's look at the next slide. There we go. Dedication service. August of 2000, we did a dedication service, dedicating, dedicating the facility with thanksgiving for all the Lord had done. 
So there we are doing worship during the dedication service. And what's the, the next slide? There we go. There's some more great worship, wonderful anointing, unity in the body. That was the dedication service. And I think there's another slide. One more. There we go. Two days of dedication time. So it was a great time of dedicating the facility to the Lord. Amen. And then after we got into the building, we did a lot of events, a lot of outreaches and things like that. But then there's a, another part of the story, and that's called the two-story side of the building. Of course, by 2003, we got in here in 99, and by 2003, we needed to expand. We were filled up. We were pretty much packed out. There were times we were bringing out extra chairs for people to sit in because we had run out of room. So... Um, I, I had videos on little digital formats to be able to, uh, that we had recorded through the years, but I didn't have the ability to be able to access them anymore, and besides that, we cleaned them all out. <laughs> so I don't have any pictures or videos of that. So we decided to expand the building, and we decided to go that way to the end, to the property line going that way, and we decided to go two-story so that we could at least, you know, make the most of the property that we had. We laid out a plan. We had it all laid out. We looked at the cost and everything, and we figured that it was going to cost about $250,000 to put up the two-story side. We were very happy with that. We believed we had the go-ahead from the Lord, and we believed we had the faith to do it because Luke chapter 14 in verse 28, he talks about who, which one of you, when he wants to build a tower, does not first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it. Well, my revelation of this verse, this is my revelation, don't have to be your revelation. My revelation is you sit down and calculate the cost to see if you have enough faith to complete it. That's the way that I read that. So, what I always do before I do a private, I'm sorry, before I do a public type of project, like a building, I want to do something personal. So I want to do something to where I'm going to work my personal faith and the operation of personal faith is the same operation in the public faith. The only difference is the amount of pressure you have to deal with. So I would... I decided I'm going to do a personal project of faith, and I started believing God for a pair of shoes that was $500. Did I need the shoes? No, I didn't need the shoes. Did I absolutely want the shoes? No, I didn't want the shoes. So that means there was absolutely no pressure to believe God for the shoes. Are you with me? But here's the deal. If faith don't work in the private arena, it is not going to work in the public arena. Some people think, oh, I can just run out there and do something. The devil bun busts your head. You have no idea about the pressures you face once you step out into the public arena. You know, David, when he was a sheep tender, he, uh, he tended his father's sheep, and the lion and the bear attacked, and he attacked that lion and bear and got the sheep back. Who's out there in the sheep with the sheepfold? David and the sheep. And the sheep don't talk. So if you mess up, nobody's going to know it. But then one day he's out there facing Goliath. Not only is he facing Goliath, 
the Philistines are there and Israel's there and everybody's watching. And everybody has their opinion about whether this is going to work or not. Israel didn't think it was going to work. They never came out from behind the rocks. <laughs> Philistines knew this old this little boy ain't got a chance. So we're gearing up and we're getting ready because we're going to take them all. Pressure's on. Not only that, David says, so what's going to be done to the person that defeats Goliath? And they said, you're going to get the king's daughter. You tell the 16-year-old boy, he's going to get a woman. <laughs> Pressure's on. This is going to have to work. Some of you are too old to really appreciate that joke. <laughs> so, his private life of faith is what promoted him or what, what armed him for that public life. So I always like to do a private faith project. I mean, there's always private things that you're dealing with. But then you got to get a specific private faith project. And that faith project is the catapult into the public arena. Amen. You know, so I just thought I would wear the shoes for you today. There they are. They're ostrich skin shoes. When I first saw them, I thought, that's the ugliest shoes I have ever seen in my life. What's with all the pimples on the shoes? You know. So, again, did I want them? Nope. Did I need them? Nope. Could I believe for them? Sure. No pressure. No pressure. And that's why you hear people say things, if you want to practice your faith, believe God for a pair of socks. Why not have to believe God for a pair of socks? I'll just go buy a pair. Well, that's why you're stuck with the socks and don't get nothing else. Don't shout me down. And, you know, and we've shared this example for years and years, probably since 2004, since we started to go towards the direction of that building. And so many people miss the example. They think it's all about the shoes. Well, what'd you buy those shoes for? You didn't need those shoes. No kidding, that's what I said. <laughs> you know, you're not telling me anything. I know that. I didn't need the shoes. I didn't want the shoes. I didn't care about the shoes. I could walk right by them and never think twice about the shoes. You've missed the whole point. It's not about the shoes. It's about faith. And then they, some people consider, well, that's a waste of money. It's a waste of money. You spent $500 on that. You could have used $500 for such and such. Let me tell you something. If your money is not connected to your faith, you're not using it for nothing. And yet, faith has stood. Faith connected to the grace of God. And the project has been completed. And God gets all the glory for it. Amen. So we started working on the paperwork. Is, is this okay for you all today? We started working on the paperwork to go into the two-story, the engineering, the architectural designs, and all that. The development review committee and permitting. <laughs> and again, there was many, many county issues. It took forever. 
you know, and I'm not going to go into the, the minor details that really annoyed me to no end, but, you know, we'll just bypass some of those things. There was one time I told Pastor Morgan, you need to take over on this because I'm about ready to lose it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, I think that we got another picture, number 10. So with all of that, it took forever to get going on the building. And... Um, we did a uh, groundbreaking, I think that's what the picture is, number 10, yeah, it'll be the next one, there it is, groundbreaking. So we all went outside, we did a service, out, part of the service outside, got the shovel, dug up some dirt and took a picture. <laughs> and we were ready to break ground to do the, uh, to do the uh, building. In June of 2004, Pastor Morgan got the county to agree for us to start putting up the cinder blocks for the walls. But they would not allow us to pour concrete in the walls and stabilize them. I don't know what the deal was, but it took forever and ever for them to finally say, okay. I don't know what it was. So, yeah, you can put up the cinder blocks, but you can't. You can't pour concrete in, because if we find something wrong, you're going to have to take them down, whatever the deal was. Well, guess what happened in August 2004? Yeah. Hurricane Charlie. Hurricane Charlie came through. Well, in preparation of the storm, you know, Pastor Morgan got his crew out there. They got two-by-fours, two-by-sixes, whatever. They nailed them down into the concrete and stuff and stabilized those walls so that they would stay up. And if the storm stayed off the coast like it was supposed to, <laughs> the walls would have stayed up. But no, the storm came right down the Peace River and all the walls came tumbling down. Along with all the big electrical wires out there. But our building here was protected. It was like the wind blew in the front doors of what we had at that time, that little foyer. The wind blew in the front doors, went down the hallway, and blew out the side doors. And then some wind came in the front door, went over the ceiling, and went out the back door. And nothing in the building was touched. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, you know, after there is a storm like that, all the electric company trucks start coming into town from all over the state. And so they want to start rebuilding everything. So they came to us and said, you've got a big parking lot out here. Could we use it as a base of operations for our electric trucks? We said, well, sure. We want you to get to work and get things done, right? And then there was an RV came in, and there was a couple in the RV. And one of them worked for the insurance company. The other one worked for FEMA. So uh, they were very helpful, and uh, they, they, so, they so appreciated us allowing them to stay here, that they were helpful with the insurance company when they came out to look at the building. They also, because they were here all night long, it was uh, security for the building. And then when the electric company and FP&L was getting ready to leave the property and move to a different section, they gave us a brand new transformer that would handle both sides of the building because we were going to have to update our transformer. They gave it to us uh, right up front, and we were the first ones to get our electric turned on. Amen. And that was a blessing of the Lord. You know, we didn't, we weren't nice to them so that, well, what can you do for us? They had no, nothing, not even a thought. 
It was all about, yeah, we want to be helpful to you. And just out of the goodness of our heart, we wanted to do what was going to be helpful to them and helpful to the community. But then because of that, the Lord blessed us back. Amen. So after the storm was over, the county lost all the paperwork. And we had to start all over again. Well, not only that, but the building that we estimated at 250000 post-Hurricane Charlie was 650000 Yeah, triple the amount. And there were times that we were working on it, and uh, we got help again from other people. Our great friends in Miami helped us, you know, gave us some uh, uh, things that we needed. Very, very, very beneficial to us. And um, Pastor Morgan would call the office and he said, we have a problem with this area. And I'd get my seed book out and go, we sowed seed for that. And he was like, okay, then based on the seed we sowed, let's agree that that will be taken care of. Time after time after time after time, because we sowed seed for certain things, it was taken care of. Amen. Amen. Because God watches over his word to perform it. God is the God of great help. And we still got in the building, even though it tripled in value, or tripled in estimate. We didn't go broke. We didn't quit. And again, we paid much by cash, and we borrowed at the end as needed. And we occupied that side of the building in 2009. And then we put on a new foyer and an overhang. I believe it's the next picture. When we put on the new foyer, there is the new foyer. There's in the background, you see the two-story uh, building. We got the new overhang out there. And it was like, I think it was two weeks after we put that overhang out there, a school bus ran into it. <laughs> had to get all the kids off the school bus. We put them in children's church because they had to call somebody and all that stuff. And one of the, one of the little kids said to Pastor Ellen, I knew we weren't going to make that. I'm thinking a five-year-old knows that. How come the driver didn't know that? <laughs> uh, so in 2009, when we got into the building and all, we borrowed the amount to finish up the two-story two side. And what we borrowed, we had money left from this side that we owed plus what we borrowed for that side, and we wound up borrowing in 2009 $519,000, which was less than the estimate of the two-story alone. And in only 13 years, we're paid in full. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. In the middle of an economy tanking in 2008, we lost in the first year $250,000 of income. People were leaving town, hoping things would be better someplace else, better economy. So we were losing people. We were losing funds. But God, God's grace is sufficient. So in 2009, we borrowed $519,000. In January of 2021, we were down to $250,000 owed on it. In the middle of a pandemic, God again shows himself to be greater. God honors his word. And he responds to faith in him and in his word. Amen. And from January of 2021 at 250000 in a year and a half, it's paid off. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Now, through the years, you know, before we're going to show you a video in a while, but through the years, we have done a lot in the community. We've done harvest festivals, turkey giveaways, turkeys and meals giveaway. I mean, there were times we gave 50 away, and then there were times we gave 500 away. Prayed for many people in all of our outreaches. We did a toy town at Christmas time. We had fun days in the community where we'd go out into the community and just open it up to the, to the community and come in and do fun days. We did yard sales, teen fundraisers, sent the youth camp several years to Camp Decision. We did police appreciation days, great Christmas yard decorations, of course. We've done several overseas ministry trips to Venezuela for two weeks. We've gone to Thailand four times on ministry trips. Ukraine, I went for 10 days. We've ministered around the country in Oregon, Montana, Kentucky, ICFM conventions and meetings in churches and here in Charlotte County. We've done vacation Bible schools, street evangelism at many, many venues. We've blanketed Punta Gorda with the word of God as we went door to door from Retta Esplanade to Grace Street, from Cross Street to Shreve Street. Just blanketed everything, went door to door, every apartment, every house, and just shared the word of God with them. And the word does not return void. Amen. We were on TV for 10 years. We've done ladies' retreats. Well, not we, my wife has done ladies' retreats. <laughs> We've baptized many people through the years. We've done lots of fellowships for churches and for ministries, and on and on and on, that God has blessed us with many, many avenues. Yes. We sent Christmas trees to Cuba with Brother Terry when he first opened, got Cuba to open up to Christmas. And we sent the first Christmas tree, helped to send the first Christmas tree to Cuba. When Cuba was hit by uh, hurricanes, we sent uh, relief with Brother Terry over to Cuba. And we've done things uh, around the world. We, we've given into uh, orphanages in Romania and in Thailand and different places. So praise God. Amen. 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 You know, we may not be big in number, but we got a big God. Amen. You know, Philadelphia, the church of Philadelphia, he says you're of little power because they were small in numbers. But praise God, you got a big God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You have anything you want to share? You guys have anything you want to share? Grab the mic right there and come on up. Two minutes. We're follow Robert's rules here, huh? Hallelujah. <laughs> it's just exciting to hear all the wonderful things that are going on. And um, we want to say thank you to you. You guys are doing a great job. They've done a great. Your pastors are doing a great job. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad to have them in your life? We give, of course, we give the Lord the glory. But for Dr. Eve and myself, it's more about the people here. Yeah. And we have, you have all found a place in our heart, and we trust we have found a place in your heart too. And we have become like, you know, when we think about you all. We think about family. This is yeah, what God is right. doing. Family wherever we go. You know, I came here in, in 1998, and uh, uh, the ICFM conference at the, at the Panda. Panda's <laughs> no more, right? Panda is not here anymore. The all-you-could-eat panda, okay? <laughs> Y'all remember the panda, right? 
So uh, that's where I first came, and I met your pastors here. And they were very wonderful to us then. And it just, gee whiz, we just fell in love with you guys and, and, and are grateful to having the opportunity to be, to serve here. And uh, also, what was, was great for us is when you all invited us here to uh, support your evangelistic team. And for Dr. Eve and myself, it's all about souls. It's about lives being changed. And to watch this church grow and to see the lives being changed here, you know, you can't put silver and gold. Uh, you can't compare it to that. So many lives. Your lives touching other people's lives. And uh, well, we're very grateful and thank God for everything that has transpired here. And, and that, this is just the beginning of the great just thing. Just the beginning. The Lord, you yes. know, uh, with, without the building, you know, you've had the, the building has been empowering you also to do the great things in the community now, you know. So now you're free to even do greater things as the Lord leads you in God. Amen. God bless you all. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Dan. <laughs> Would you like to share anything? All right. <laughs> I have more favor than you do. There's one thing we know about your pastors, and that is that they are giving. They are giving and giving and giving. They always want to give. And I know that the apple doesn't fall far from the tree because all of you are the same way. And so we just bless you and we honor you. We're so thankful that this milestone has come in your lives and in the life of your church. So we just bless you. Praise God. Thank you. We receive that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah, well, hallelujah. I have to say one thing. Okay. <laughs> I just want to say thank you to all of you that you trust us at your leadership, that you trust us with your finances, you trust us with your family, you trust us with your life to exceed the live of this earth. I want to say thank you. Amen. Amen. <laughs> hallelujah. Yes, thanks to all in-house, thanks to all online, thanks to all that attend church, thanks to all that don't attend church, but all that have followed the leadership of the Holy Spirit and sown seed into a field that produces harvest. You know, it takes all of us together listening, obeying, and following the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And thank you guys for all that you have done and being a part of us all these years. Praise God. You know, God and us working together, that's what it's all about, isn't it? And today we celebrate freedom in the Holy Spirit, freedom from the world system as far as the finances of this building is concerned. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, just bow your head for a moment. It's not the end of the meeting, but just bow your head for a moment. How about that? Bow your head. It's not the ending. But I want to pray for you. You know, I pray for every single one of you, for all the seed that you have sown into what God is doing here, into this building. And we want to set our faith with your faith and call in the harvest of your seed that's been sown that you would put in the sickle of your mouth 
and start declaring that which belongs to you and start calling in that which belongs to you. It is your seed. It is your harvest. The enemy cannot have it. We will not let him steal it. We will not let the locust eat it. But we declare that it comes to you in fullness of fruit, in the fullness of harvest, it comes to you. And I would say to you to connect with the opportunities from the Holy Spirit that he brings your way. For opportunities are the doorway for the things that he wants to bring into your life. Do not despise small opportunities. Do not despise small things, but take hold of them. For the small things will grow into bigger things. And you will see that the seed that you've sown will grow and grow and grow. And that which you have cast upon the water will come back on every wave. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. So what we have here. No burning. Burning is old school. We're not doing old school burning. And this is our original promissory note of 500, oh, it was $516,000 at a rate of seven, six and three quarter percent. And the maturity date was going to be 2024 which means that if it was not paid off at that time, they recalculate. And at this particular time in our, uh, what's going on in the nation, rates are going to be much higher. So we got it paid off before the rates hit. A cross-cutting shredder. Smithereens done away with. This was the notice of what the final payment was supposed to be that they sent to us. And that is done. And this is the receipt of the final payment that we paid to pay it all off and to be absolutely done with our financial obligation to the world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Well, the same freedom fit church this body have tapped in. The really same freedom that will filter down to you life and to your family, to, to, you, to your need, to your home, whatever you need it. The same freedom will flood in over your life that you never see before. So I speak this blessing over you because the head of the church have been free from the yoke of the world so that you all will be free from the yoke of the world. The freedom have arrived to the body of Christ and new life family worship today. And let any day that you life be the last day and the end of your time. And the future going to be brighter than you will see before. Because the Lord God Almighty have shown you the great sight and wonder on this body will be the great sight and wonder in your own life and your own, own destiny. 
in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. I've got a little short video that we want to show you um, about the church. And then I want to come back and share some more things with you. Are you still good? You don't have to go far for lunch, so you don't have to worry about being hungry. Glory to God. He has done great things. And we are glad. Amen. Amen. So um, now that we're done with uh, making mortgage payments, that leaves us with $3,500 extra a month. So the first thing we've done is increased our sowing and giving so that there will be reaping in the world. Amen. And we're taking our first fruit offering of $3,500 because now there's going to be a $3,500 increase. So the first $3,500 gets sown and we're going to sow it into um, uh, Living Word Ministries International, Charlie and Kathy, because they have been renting facilities all these years for their Bible school and now they want to purchase. So we're sowing into their purchasing property. Amen. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. I want to share uh, just very quickly with you. Are you still okay? Yeah. All right. Genesis chapter 26. I want to share a very, very, what I believe is a very important uh, point that I believe that God wanted me to share it with you because he told me in the shower this morning. And, you know, I don't usually invite people into where I'm showering, but, you know, he just didn't seem to have a problem with it. So, because um, he doesn't look at things the way man does. <laughs> Genesis 26, verses 1 and 2, it says, and this is about uh, Isaac. It says, now there was a famine in the land besides the previous famine that had occurred in the days of Abraham. So Isaac went to Gerar to Abimelech, king of the Philistines. In verse 2, it says, and the Lord appeared to him and said, do not go down to Egypt. Stay in the land of which I shall tell you. Verse 12 through 14. And he says, now Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in that same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. And the man became rich and continued to grow richer until he became very wealthy. And he had possessions of flocks and herds and a great household so that the Philistines envied him. So he was told, don't go down to Egypt. What would we know about Egypt? Egypt is a type of the world. Isn't that right? And the Lord said, don't go to the world for your supply. He said, you know, sow in the land. And Isaac sowed where he was and in obedience to God, and God blessed him. Because it's not about where you are. It's about who you serve. It's about who you listen to. So then if we go over to Genesis 42, and this is in the days of Joseph. And Joseph, remember, had risen into the, uh, the palace next to Pharaoh. Genesis 42, verses 1 and 2. Okay. It says, Now Jacob saw that there was grain in Egypt, and Jacob said to his sons, Why are you staring at one another? They had a way of doing that. 
And he said, Behold, I have heard that there is grain in Egypt, so go down there and buy some for us from that place so that we may live and not die. Now, if you remember, Isaac was on his way to Egypt, and what did God say? Don't go to Egypt. So now Jacob sends his sons to Egypt, but God don't say, don't go to Egypt. And Egypt is a type of what? The, Lord, the, the, the world, okay? Well, why did God let Jacob send his sons to the world? Because God had a Joseph waiting for them. This is very important. Is the Lord leading to Joseph in the world? Or is your flesh leading to destruction in the world? It's not about where you go. It's about who you listen to. And I think that what Pastor Tim talked about in the 930 service was extremely important. It's not that you don't have the knowledge. It's that you rejected the knowledge and you only want what you want. And when you let your flesh lead you, it will always lead up in destruction. But if you let God lead you, whether it goes to the world or where it goes to him, for wherever it is, if you let the Lord lead you, it'll always lead to your profit. He will always lead you to a wealthy place. And as much as you love what you want, it is nothing compared to what God has for you. Glory to God. Glory to God. See, this is the importance about knowing and obey. Well, I feel like this is stop with the feeling. Because you don't even know the difference between whether you are knowing it in your spirit or feeling it in your remote. So many people feel so. Oh, I heard that song. It's so anointed. It made me cry. Crying has nothing to do with the anointing. It could, but not necessarily. Are you with me? So it's not about feeling. What do you know? That's what it's all about. What do you know? Because what you know is where you go. Do you know from the Holy Spirit? If you do, you'll go in his way. No matter where it leads you to. But it'll always lead you to a wealthy place. He'll always lead you to profit. If he tells you to go into the famine, it'll lead you to profit. If he tells you to go into the world, it'll lead you to profit. Whatever it might be. It's knowing who's leading you and following. Stay out of your flesh because what pastor nid just spoke to you in fact you, let's go over to psalm 133 and i'm i'm, I'm going to end this ultimately i'll have you out before 12 i only got 12 hours to go see several years ago we were waiting on an investment to come in and that investment was going to take care of us personally, and the ministry. And then there were several others of you that was waiting on an investment. And every one of you said to me, when my investment comes in, I'm going to take care of the church. So your heart was right in doing that. So because your heart was right, so God could work. But it came after uh, uh, several years, it came to where I realized I was in the waiting mode instead of the doing mode. And I was waiting and waiting and waiting. I was sowing and sowing, but I'm waiting and waiting and never doing. And in 2021 is when I said, that's it. We are done with this waiting. We are going and doing what we need to do because we're still believing. 
personally to be free and ministerially to be free. So we started going in that direction. And you know what? When you want to go in that direction, sometimes you can't go in the direction you want to go with whatever your stuff might be. And your stuff might have to go on the side to do the things you know God wants you to do. And we started going in that direction. And before the end of the year, personally, in the middle of pandemic, we were out of debt. Totally out of debt. Amen. I mean, you know, we paid off our... Now, back in 2008, when the economy turned tanked, by 2010, we paid off our mortgage because God led us and directed us in the middle of famine. And then in the middle of pandemic, God led us and directed us, and our second uh, equity line got paid off. Our last car got paid off. Everything got paid off, and we were totally out of debt. And then now by 2022, church is totally out of debt. Amen. No more waiting, but doing. God is good. He has delivered us. In Psalm 133, it says, Behold, I have heard. No, that's not it. Psalm 133, one, the whole psalm. Just read the whole psalm. It's all three verses, I think. It says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the head coming down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, coming down upon the edge of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, life forever. That's where the Lord commands the blessing. Where does the anointing start? The anointing oil starts where? Who's the head? Jesus is the head of the church. Isn't that right? And then it comes down onto the beard, which is the fivefold ministry, because the beard is in the head. So that's the fivefold ministry, okay? The pastors, all ministry gifts. And then it goes down onto the garments, which is all of the body of Christ. And it goes all the way to the edges, which means it's complete coverage. Nobody's left out. No age, no gender, no positions in life, no nothing. Everybody in Christ is all covered in that same anointing. And that anointing of oil for being debt-free is what's going to flow in the house. Amen. Whether you're in the house, whether you're online, everybody that's partakers, that whole anointing is going to flow. But you're going to have to give yourself to it, and you're going to have to tell, and you're going to have to put some stuff on the side and go, no, this is the direction that God wants me to go, and I believe that this is what I need to do. Take the opportunities. Take the time. Put yourself on the shelf. Say that to yourself. Put myself on the shelf. Amen. And take care of the things God wants you to take care of so you can get free. Amen. 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 So I want to pray with you for that anointing to come on you and to flow in you. So if that's you and you want prayer, I'm just going to invite you to come on up so that we can take hold of this thing, set our faith on it. The oil of freedom. The oil of freedom runs deep and the oil of freedom runs strong. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Remember the importance of knowing and obeying. Just knowing and obeying.
And I'm just going to lay hands on you for a transmitting of this anointing. The time has come for the body of Christ to be debt free. The time has come for the body of Christ to be debt free to do the things that God wants us to do. This is not about I want to be debt free because there's more that I want. No, you need to be debt free because there's more that God wants. You get to live in the overflow. You get to live in the stuff that's just, you know, over and above. But there are things that God wants you to do. And if you will obey God with what he frees you up with, you will see the overflow will come up to your ankles, up to your knees, and over your head. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus name. In Jesus name. Thank you, Father. In Jesus name. Jesus name. In Jesus name. The anointing flow. In Jesus name. In Jesus name. Jesus name. In Jesus' name, the anointing, the anointing flow in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, that anointing flow. In Jesus' name, the anointing flow. In the name of Jesus, the anointing of freedom. Freedom, freedom, the anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The anointing flow in the name of Jesus. Flow in you, flow through you. The anointing. The anointing flow in Jesus' name. The anointing. The anointing flow in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. The anointing flow. Flow, flow, the anointing, flow, Jesus' name, Jesus' name, the anointing, the anointing, in the name of Jesus, the anointing, flow, 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 in Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah name of Jesus, the anointing flow, the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, flow, 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 in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, the anointing flow, in Jesus' name, thank you, Father, thank you, Father, the anointing flow through you, in you, cover you cover you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. The anointing flow in Jesus' name. If anybody in media needs to come out,
flow in Jesus' name. The anointing, the anointing flow, flow, flow. The anointing flow in Jesus' name, flow, Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hands to the Lord. Father, with your anointing comes wisdom and comes direction. And that anointing creates stability. So, Father, I thank you for that anointing that flows right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Your anointing flows, flows in the name of Jesus. The anointing that brings freedom in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless you, Jesus. We bless you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord Jesus. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. For there are things that you've dealt with that was not your doing. And there are things that you've dealt with that you did not see coming. But do not be dismayed nor do be discouraged. For I have never been off of my throne. And I have seen all of these things, and I know the things that you deal with. And I say to you that look unto me. For look unto me, for I have for you that which you need. And believe me, freedom will come unto thee. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, you've declared in your word that a faithful man will abound with blessings. You said the hand of the diligent will be made fat. So, Father, I thank you that as I declare this word, that it will not return to you void, but on behalf of this man that stands before me, that the promise and the results and the harvest of faithfulness and diligence shall abound greatly. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless God. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Sure. Sure. Let me grab a microphone for you. So God brought us to this home, our home church in 2015, and we joined our faithful pastor to believe for a debt-free building, a debt-free ministry. And so we set our faith in agreement that we would sow everything that we could to it. And so praise God. 
he allowed us to and led us to move back to Tennessee. But in the interim, this is what he does. What he's done here is what he done for my wife and I. He paid our brand new house in full in Tennessee. Hallelujah. It's paid for debt free. Glory to God. To God glory be the God. glory. Hallelujah. Not only that, I'm minding my own business, having my dad on his little place in Georgia during the transition. And so I'm helping him build a bridge. An old bridge had broke down, so we're building the bridge. And a local gentleman come and helped us, and he helped us finish it. And so we're standing there one day just chatting around, and he asked me, do you know anybody that wants a house? <laughs> and I've shared this with Pastor, and he gave us a 2,200-square-foot house to move and put beside my dad's place, which would expand his property and give him a place to live his final days, basically. And so I wanted to, to bring this testimony that what Pastor has taught us over these seven years that we were with the body here locally and in all of your faithful giving as a word of encouragement and glory to God. And look what the Lord has done yes. here and for us and y'all personally. Glory to so, God. Thank you, Pastor. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Father, we thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your goodness and for your grace. That you are more than enough. You are the all-sufficient one. We give you all the glory, Lord God. Thank you for your kindness, your compassion. Thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. Oh, I thank you that you've never lost sight of us. But your ear is always open to us, your eye is always on us, and your arm is stretched out towards us. That you watch over your word to perform it, that it does not return to you void. Father, we thank you for all that you are, for all that you do. We honor you and bless you this day as we do every day. Now, Lord, as we come before you with our giving today, Lord, I just thank you so much that a seed sown will always produce a harvest. It never goes into the ground and dies, but it will always be living with life that produces. And Father, I thank you that for every seed that we ever give, it may leave our hand, but it never leaves our life. And it is always working to produce back to bring fruit back into our lives, fruit to share with others, and seed to sow again into your kingdom, that as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall not cease. We bless you, we honor you, and praise you for this in the wonderful, glorious, magnificent name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you need an envelope for giving, uh, cash giving or credit card giving, uh, it's in the seat back in front of you. If there isn't one there, just lift your hand. The ushers will serve you. Hallelujah. If you joined us on live stream or on podcast, thanks for being with us today. It's such an honor to share the Word of God with you, and we feel honored that you would connect and join together with us on this great day that we celebrate the freedom that the Lord has given to us. And if you're believing God to be out of debt and all that, just like we were, then connect with that anointing. Take hold of that anointing right where you're at. For there is no distance in the spirit. 
and you can receive from God right there where you're at. Go back and hear it again and listen to the ministry of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Receive that to yourself and declare it that you will be debt-free as you follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in your life. And if you'd like to sow seed into the ministry, go to our website, newlifefamilyworship.net. Click on the giving link and thank you in advance for the seed that you sow. And if there's anything at all that we can ever stand with you in agreement and prayer, please let us know. Contact us. We always consider it a privilege to stand with our partners and believe God for your great need to be met. Amen.